The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed, Reed Wilkins, Wilkins on, on Oilers, Oilers Radio. Radio. 630 Chad. Second period surged by the San Jose Sharks. They get as many goals as the Oilers had shots. Four in the second period and go on to dump the Edmonton Oilers 5-2. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. It's 11:24, along with former NHLer Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. The Oilers scored first tonight as they've done for the last five games. McDavid got his 28th 4:33 into the first period. Edmonton had a pretty good opening frame, but then Rob all San Jose 17-4 the shots, 4 nothing the goals in the second period. Yeah, the Oilers are a little unfortunate to be out of the first period with just a one nothing lead. They had a number of great chances. They had one two-minute power play where they never left the offensive zone, and the first unit with McDavid and Drysettle leading it uh, created a number of chances. You come out in the second period, and you feel that things are going to go your way again, and uh, a missed call by a referee on a, a cross-check or board from behind by Kane Benning's laying on the ice, and before he can get up and back into the play, the San Jose Sharks score, and they just rolled from there. The second period, as good as the Oilers were in the first period, San Jose was twice as good in the second period, and they just built a 4-1 lead that was just too much for the Oilers to overcome. I just want to wish all the best to referee Graham Skilleter, who apparently suffered from temporary blindness (laughs) in that situation. I hope he gets that looked at, because clearly that's a hindrance to doing his job tonight. Uh, Look, I know we're going to get complaints and calls about this. It, It was a penalty. It should have been a penalty. The referee blatantly screwed up. Very unfortunate that it happened. Fortunate that Benning wasn't injured on the play. And really unfortunate that San Jose scored four seconds after with Benning still trying to uh, recover. I know we're going to get asked this. Yes, referees get reviewed by their superiors. Remember the name Graham Skilleter. See if he's working in the first round of the playoffs. And then see if he's working in the second round of the playoffs. That's how uh, they get rewarded. He's not going to get kicked out of the league. We wish they would do interviews. They don't. I'm just trying to anticipate all the questions and calls uh, we're going to get ahead of time. And, and beyond you and me uh, saying, Rob, it was a, a blatantly missed call. And, and look, so we accept the referees missed calls. And or sometimes you think, well, you know, I can. I thought it should have been a penalty, but I can see the 20% as to why it shouldn't have been. Uh, there wasn't that situation there. It was. It was just. It was just a bad, bad call. Well, as a as a player. The, the thing that you, you, you refs are going to miss calls. They always are. They're, they're not perfect. They make mistakes just like players do, just like coaches do, just like anybody else in any other walk of life. But the, the ones you don't want refs missing are the ones where injuries can come into play. If a guy misses a, you know, an interference or, or a little bit of a hook or a stick into the hands, you know, you can live with that. But when it's a blatant hit from behind that could create injury, uh, those are the ones that it, it you err on the side of caution. You're like, okay, I am pretty sure I saw that. And it, I think that was a hit from. Well, didn't you call it? And that one was five feet from him. And then when Benning was down and looked like he was in distress, the ref didn't blow the whistle. And the in the in my thought is, he, he, if he blows the whistle, then he admits he made a mistake. Because if he blows the whistle because a guy's hurt, you're like, oh, that guy got hurt and I didn't make a call there. So I'm just going to hope if I don't blow the whistle that he'll get up and then it won't look as bad for me. So uh, I I know nothing of the ref and they all make mistakes, but you don't want to see them make a mistake on one where an injury can come into play. And Kane knew that that was a penalty. Kane right away looked at the ref to see, uh uh-oh. And when he saw that the ref did not have his hand up, then Kane got excited and jumped back into the play. Yeah, so we just want to deal with that off the top. I know a lot of Oilers fans are angry. It was a missed call. It's not, it's, well, you never know how the game would have gone after that, but the Oilers didn't uh, do enough in the second period to win. 5-2 San Jose wins it tonight. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We have Alex on the line. Hey, Alex. Hey, guys, how's it going? Good. Um, okay, so you covered the ref. Fine, whatever. It happens. I want to know what happens to the character. This never, ever happened last year. If there was a hit, it was answered immediately. And if there wasn't a hit, it was because we had Maroon, Cassian, and Lucic patrolling the ice out there. I know Maroon's gone. I know Cassian was injured. But where was the response from Lucic? That's what I want to know. Because Benning, 
I know that he's a guy who can he can lay a big hit, and he he went after Kane. But Lucic should have been after Kane at the first opportunity. Where was the response from Lucic? Where was the character from the team? Because to me, it reminds me of before we got Lucic. And I'm thinking Taylor Hall against Florida a couple of years ago. Taylor Hall gets dumped, and it wasn't a media response, but Hendricks did end up going after, I think it was Goodbranson. But where is the response that this team had last season? That's what I want to know. Oh, I I don't know. Uh, I mean, there was response from Benning, and you give him a ton of credit. Uh, he he played a nasty game today, uh, Matthew, and that's what you want to see out of a player. But uh, yeah, I, I I have no answer to to why there was no response. And, and there were games last year when people complained about no response. Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't always, it wasn't always perfect. Last no, year, no, you're so. right. No, it certainly wasn't. But yeah, I mean, there could have been, there wasn't, and. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, I, I mean, that's, it's. It's a good question. I, I mean, clearly, we know a lot of things about hockey have changed. E- even body checking. I, yep. I mean, it was the 2003 Stanley Cup Final when Scott Stevens obliterated Paul Korea. Uh, Korea actually came back in the game and scored. That would not be allowed today. That no. hit would. That hit would <laughs> not go unpenalized today. So even to say in today's game, if you're not going to go out and fight. Go out and and uh, and run a guy, or make sure you finish every check on him. Players are even tentative to do that, because you you know it's your responsibility. Uh, I mean, does Lucic or whoever go out and grab Kane and beat on him, even if he doesn't want to fight? No. Do you go out and uh, no, find a soft spot on Joe Pavelski's arm and no. slash him there. Like, what do you do? No. Well, I mean, you go talk to Kane. That's that's what you do. I mean, he's not going to fight Lucic, but Lucic can go talk to him, give him a little push, a little cross check. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're not going to go after Pavelski simply because Benning got hit or whatever. I'm just yeah, no, but yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah. yeah, he just, I mean, someone, someone who is in the tougher realm of the team should have had a conversation with him and just made a point. And I don't know. I mean, on the TV, we didn't see it. Could it have happened when the team TV went to timeout, when it went to commercial? Uh, it could have. But no, you're right. Nothing happened went, that we saw on television. Yeah. So, it's, it's, I mean, I'm not excusing it yet that the Oilers didn't do more about it, though Benning tried to do as much no, as he Yeah, can. he did, yeah. And, and I mean, players don't, also don't want to be thrown out of the game. No. I mean, Benning doesn't want to go out there and do something when the team's losing and say, "Okay, guys, I'm going to get my, I'm just going to work." Well, that that becomes selfish. And that's selfish. Thrown out, and you guys play the yep. third period down four-one, and I'll sit in the dressing room. But yeah, I mean, it's frust- It's it's a discussion about this game. There's a larger discussion about what's happened in hockey in general. Um, still, if the referees are supposed to police the game prior to the players doing it, yeah. So the referee should have policed that play. Mm-hmm. That's that's and, that's disappointing. And, and the fact that Benning got up and played and never missed another a shift, then it, uh, if Benning would have been hurt, then maybe a response would have been needed much quicker and much bigger. But Benning continued to play, and Benning went after Kane himself. Oilers lose 5-2 to San Jose. Four goals in the second period for the Sharks. The two goals for Edmonton means a $50 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. Total for the season now $4,425. All right, we got Mike on the line. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, guys. Hello. Uh, Just wondering, you know, like that, that hit goes on and nobody really responds to that. Are they sort of checked out emotionally? Are they afraid to kind of take a penalty there? Uh, are we effectively sort of neutered by our penalty kill? Uh, well, I mean, honestly, yeah, the penalty kill, yeah, that is, that's part of it. You can't be a big, mean, physical team if you can't stop the other team from scoring. Now, the other's penalty killing has been better as of late. Uh, checked out emotionally? Uh, possibly. Uh, maybe I don't think it's got, I mean, I don't think it's the same emotion that they had when they were in the playoffs. I don't think it was the same emotion they had when they were battling or trying to get back into a playoff spot. I don't think they've checked out completely. You saw Lucic on the ice at one point trying to get his bench going. Yeah. But I mean, they didn't, and they didn't play bad in the third And the third period. they came they, on they, in they the third. They couldn't finish anything today. No, I mean, they missed some open nets. I mean, uh, Benning finished the game. Benning got up and, and, and was fine. So should there have been some sort of response? Yes, but it's not as though Benning was laid out and there was blood everywhere. So yeah. it, and I think the response 
could have been a muted response. But yeah, absolutely. Someone should have went and said something to Kane. Maybe give him a little crosscheck or a face wash at the end of a, a, a shift or at a whistle in front of the net. Something along that line. Kane was dominant tonight. He was very good. He got in the grills uh, of the Edmonton Oilers players. He played very well. And he had a bit of a free reign out there. It was, it was not a physical contest. I think Kane was the first star tonight, in my opinion. But uh, um, when does Todd kind of step up for these guys, too? That's something that kind of bothers me is I, I think he's got to take a stand. Like, the, the bending hit there is one thing, but McDavid, close to the end of the game, gets kind of elbowed in the mouth and no call. I mean, uh, it seems like liberties are, are sort of taken on the guys, and, and not only does the coach not stand up for him, but it doesn't seem like anybody else on the team really wants to come to bat. Like, well, it, the, the McDavid one. The McDavid one was incidental. I mean, that was. I mean, it was the glove of the player as he was following through in a shot. That wasn't bad. I think honestly, I think McDavid was trying to sell it. He's they're down two goals. They get a power play. They score a goal, and all of a sudden, you're back in it. Um, I, I honestly, I haven't seen this team uh, back down a whole lot this year. I mean, there was a couple years. Reader, you and I were doing the games, and this was more or less when when Taylor, Hall, and, and Eberle and Nugent. There were a lot of teams that were taken. Liberties on the others. There was, I mean, you come into Edmonton and you would p- push the Edmonton others around. I have not seen that over the last year and a half, two years. And the additions of Maroon and Cassian and Lucic and, and Nurse being here and, and Narsen, or Larson plays a nasty game. So they haven't been able to do that. So tonight, to me, it was more of a one off. Um, so I, I, I don't see that being an issue. I don't think the Oilers get pushed around anymore like they did in the past. All right, Oilers lose 5-2. Let's hear from head coach Todd McClellan. Played right into their uh, their forechecking game. They're a tenacious forechecking team, and uh, we took the puck or played the puck into areas where they uh, had success, and as a result, we got caught on the ice a little too long, and, um, and they were just a little quicker, a little harder than we were. And they scored. We figured some things out in the third, but it was a little bit too late, so... Um, you know, they uh, full marks to San Jose for the way they played, and we've got to get some rest and uh, get prepared to play again in a, in a day. Well, they scored on the play. Um, the player that, that Kane cross-checked into the boards was unavailable to, to help on the play. So I would say that had something to do with it, yeah. Um, no response physically from your team after that. No response physically. Oh, no, there was a response. I saw Benny go after him. I no, saw Darnell talk to him. I thought it was fine. Okay. Yeah. Did you not think it was fine, Matty? Uh, at the time, no. At the time, so the guys that were on the ice, so that's Cammy's job, and sometimes you got to look at who's on the ice. Like, yep. Yeah. How did you feel about the storm line tonight overall? I thought they were uh, they were fine. I thought uh, you know Pontus for for his first game in and and trying to figure out his new teammates. Uh, I thought they were uh, uh, effective in the offensive zone. Um, do a little bit more coming out of our end together, but uh, our lines have been in flux. And and for a new player to uh, to adapt that quickly, uh, I thought they were effective. They scored a goal. Hardest on ice adjustment for a new player to make, especially coming to the. Well, just knowing your teammates and what their tendencies are. And a brand new player, um, you know, his second pro team, uh, his second pro team in the league, and, and it's a, it's a shock. It happens fast. He's got to fly across the country. There's a lot of um, adjustments new players have to go through. Um, I look at Evander Kane. He's been through it before. He's a little more mature. Probably handles the situation a little bit better. But uh, we feel good about Pontus. We think he'll be a good player for us. And Pontus Aberg gets an assist tonight on Jesse Puliyarvi's third period goal. That pulled the Oilers to within 4-2. They couldn't get another one. Sharks get an empty netter late to win it 5-2. The other Oiler goal early in the first was McDavid from Sekera. Pavelski, Braun, Meyer, and Couture getting those second period goals for the Sharks. Turney got the empty netter. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown. So there was a little bit from uh, head coach Todd McClellan. Yeah, I mean, he said, I mean, what we think. I mean, I like the fact that he pointed out who was on the ice. I mean, there's certain responses come at certain times. There's certain guys that have certain roles. Uh, I He said that Nurse went and talked to Kane. So, I mean, he's a guy that uh, is very capable and he likes doing stuff like that. So, uh, again, uh, players like standing up for themselves. And I've been in a position where I've been run or 
I've been beat up or, or things like that. And you, you hate when someone has to go do your job. You like to be able to stand up for yourself. And sometimes you're unable to because it's just getting another beating to when you stand up for yourself. But Benning stood up for himself, and you got to give him credit for that. Benning, the fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. The three stars picked by Sharks play-by-play guy Dan Ruzanowski, Pavelski, Kane, and Meyer. Huge game for Pavelski. He had four points. 780-496-0063 will bring Robert onto the show. Hey, Robert. Uh, hey, guys. How are you doing tonight? Good. Well, I want to talk about Talbot tonight. I don't uh, I don't think this game tonight was on Talbot. I thought Talbot played fine. I think there was just a, there was just a couple cases where when San Jose had the puck in front of the Oilers net, somebody, somebody missed an assignment and... You know, and uh, San Jose got a chance and buried it. What do you guys think about that? Uh, I thought the long shot by Braun was personally a little iffy. I would have liked Cam to grab that one. But yeah, other than that, they got uh, they got overwhelmed even, in the second period. Even the, low-cur- the couture goal, short side, top shelf, he was leaning the wrong oh, way. Yeah, fair enough. So, But then again, he, I mean... 17 shots. 17 shots, minutes. yeah. I mean, it, this wasn't on the goaltender. This was on a taking a period off against a good hockey club that capitalized on their chances. I mean, the Oilers are down yeah. 2-1 with four and a half minutes left in the second period. Dreisaitl has the puck two feet from the blue line mm-hmm. and instead of chipping it out or skating it out, puts it into the middle. San Jose four checks for another 40 seconds and then scores. Yep. Bank yeah. shot enough, Sekera too. So Important of, parts of the ice. A lot of key moments where the Oilers didn't do their job too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no and my other my other thought tonight would be on the on on Benning. I thought I thought like you guys said, uh, after the hit I thought I thought Benning I thought he uh, he responded and he you know and he uh, he w- he went after Kane and he stood up for himself, uh, which is nice to see. Yeah, he got he played a little angry after that. It was good to see. When he plays angry, he can be very very effective. He he is by far the best open night hit, open ice hitter that the Oilers have, and he absolutely crushed Meyer tonight too. So, good on him. Good on him. Oilers however lose 5-2 to the Sharks. The new guy Pontus Aberg gets an assist back to SAP Center. Here he is. Uh, you guys score first, and then that second period kind of gets away from you. But did you like maybe a little bit of the emotional response you guys had in the third? Yeah, uh, like I said, we started good in the first, uh, played well. Uh, got a lead out of it, and then uh, not sure what happened the second day. They won more battle than us uh, in front of the net, and uh, got fortunate with that. And uh, uh, tried to make a push in the third. Uh, didn't go all the, all the way. Uh, we'll take the, the first period and the, the last push, I think, with us. It's probably hard to just jump in right away without any chemistry with the guys, but you do record your first assist as an Oiler. Did you like the way that your line played tonight? I think it uh, got better and better. Um, like I said, it's, it's hard when uh, it's the first game, or well, only a uh, practice this morning together. And uh, like I said, uh, felt better and better, and uh, uh, connected on that goal. All right, Pontus Aberg able to get on the score sheet. I mean, we'll see. Hard to judge. I, I did like that uh, McClellan put him out with McDavid in that four-on-four in the first period. Mm-hmm. They're giving him a chance. He's fast. We saw that a couple times. He made it was a really pretty play that he made on the the back, the backside goal by Pugliarvi. Um There was other times you didn't notice him as much, but uh, he's going to get a look. He's going to get an opportunity, and uh, you know I, I guess passing great on the first one, and hopefully it'll continue to move forward. I mean, it would be tough coming to a new team is tough, just traveling across country. Uh, jumping right into a game without, you know, having three or four practices under your belt. But uh, he looked fine out there. Oilers lose 5-2 to the Sharks. The Oilers have to get five in a game for us to turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Then you can print up an appetizer coupon to Japanese Village, three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. We have Buddy on line three. Hey, Buddy. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Um, I was just wondering, uh, since the Oilers were sellers at the deadline, there's uh, obviously a sense that they're going to lose games. Do you think there's a bit of a discrepancy in the sense that Todd and uh, Peter want to win games to keep their job, yet they should be willing to lose games in order to showcase uh, young talent that they have? Um, I I understand what you're saying. Um, the, The job of a coach is always to to win games. It's that simple. If he gets a mandate from the general manager saying, you know what, I need to know, is Slepeshev 
a player. I need to know, is Puliyarvi a, a top six forward? Is Strom for real? And, and if he goes to Todd and says, okay, here's how this has got to play down the rest of the year, then Todd's got to follow along. But Todd's, Todd's sole purpose as a coach is to win hockey games, and he'll do whatever it takes. And if that means benching younger players, he will do that unless otherwise instructed. Yeah. Now, I understand what you're thinking, and a lot of fans are like, well, we got to know, are these guys real? What changes do we need to do? Can this guy play? Can he not? Is this guy, uh, is this an off year for him, or is this what he's really like? So it's, it's a fine line. Um, and I, I think you have to give players opportunities. I think that a number of the veterans have had those opportunities all year long, and it has not been successful. But you still have to go with, in a game, everyone gets equal early, and then as the game moves on, you give the players that are playing well. And I think at that point, it doesn't matter what your contract is or what your veteran status is. As the game moves on, if Pugliarvi's out playing Lucic, he plays more and stuff like that. And I think, buddy, we saw on Sunday that Patrick Maroon could have played and Todd would have played him, and, and he was held out by the manager. I, I, I don't think Shirelli would, would dictate line combinations or anything like that, but if he calls up, you know, if guys start coming up from the farm or there's guys injured, then then Todd's going to be like, okay, these are the 20 best guys I, I can dress tonight. But I think Rob made a good point. In game, he's he's going to do what is best that night, or he should anyway. Yeah, and he will. Yeah. Fair yeah, enough? Oh yeah, another, yeah, yeah, just as, like, like as fans, I think we should probably be more, because they're not going to playoffs anyway, we probably should be more excited about the fact that we see that there's talent coming up in the future instead of focusing on losses, which don't really add up to much anyway. No, you're absolutely right. Thanks, buddy. We appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We got Rocket, Michael, and Tony next in the batting order. Sharks five, Oilers two. Huge second period for San Jose. Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30 chair. Center ice, moving through the neutral zone, takes it out wide. Going to get it cleanly on a stick. Now wrap around and Talbot's got it lodged underneath wow. that left skate. Kane got something on it, but Talbot had the skate really jammed against that pipe. Well, that was in the first period. Talbot's save of the game for Arcan Trailer and RV Center, Alberta's favorite award-winning RV dealership for over 40 years. Talbot and the Oilers under fire in the second period. 17 shots for the Sharks. They scored four times. That decided the game 5-2 San Jose, the final verdict. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. The Edmonton's three-game winning streak comes to an end. Their record sinks to 27 32 and 4 on the season. San Jose goes to 34, 21, and 9. By the way, we're looking for somebody to finish the play. If you like winning stuff, 780-496-0063. We have Rocket on the line. Hey Rocket. How you doing, guys? Good. I um am really disappointed with uh the lack of response on that Kane incident. And I'm an old school coach. I'm an old school guy. And when nobody responds, that really, I, I, I can't even tell you how miffed I am over that. I mean, Todd talked about it. Then they thought that Nurse and Benning both responded well. I'll tell you another thing. There's, there's a, a team I'm coaching this year, and these guys have been texting each other all year, and they are, they've been, lacrosse doesn't even start until April, and these guys have been talking from September. And the chemistry in the dressing room and winning is so big, and I just wonder where this team is at with that. And I just wanted to ask you, Rob, Brown, how important that is to winning a championship. Well, chemistry is huge. Obviously, it's huge. You got to like playing for each other. Um, thing is, this was more or less the same team as it was last year, where the, everyone talked about the chemistry, how tight this team was, and it went from you know a bad referee call from going to the third round to a team that was thirty points out of a playoff spot or more or less, and it was more it was the same team. So I don't know 
how the chemistry could change that much with the subtractions of a, 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 just a couple of players. Um, but yeah, chemistry is, is, is just as important as, as skill and, and as work ethic. You have to have chemistry to win hockey games. Oilers lose 5-2 to San Jose. He continues to struggle 27 games without a goal. He hit a post on an open net tonight. Here's Milan Lucic. The goals that they did score were were them creating turnovers in the ozone and and, and pouncing on it. So uh, 20 minutes lost us the game and, and uh, it's unfortunate especially with the start that we had and a chance to uh, have a have a great road trip here. So the game changed on Kane's hit that should have been a penalty? <clears throat> for sure, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, a borderline hit. Definitely, you know, we all felt like should have been a penalty. But before that, you know, uh, <laughs> kind of take the puck into our own zone. We try to rim it. It goes off the referee skate. Uh yeah, and then, you know, they, they're able to score on that one. And, again, talking about myself, able to... Well, it would have been 3-2. Right? Yeah, exactly. Well, no, it's, you know, on the second goal, able to tip one in for them and can't get one to go the other way again. So uh, it sucks, but, you know, like I said, got to turn the page into March and, you know, a lot of home games coming up, so... I mean, I know uh, the playoffs are far-fetched, but there's still a lot of a lot of reasons to play hard and finish off uh, the season off uh, right. So when when Kane does that, what's the what's the feeling? I got to get out, get after him to for some retribution on that hit, but it's still a close game, so I can't do it. Yeah, just trying to just trying to respond in the right in the right way, and uh, we weren't able to, you know, only what. Three, four shots in the second period. You know, we're more focused on responding the the right way as far as team toughness goes, more than anything, and we weren't able to do that. All right, that's Milan Lucic. Another tough night for him. He had that other chance in the first period, and and you wondered if when he does, whenever he does score, if it's going to be a crazy one. He shot wide, Mm -hmm. puck bounced off the backboards, hit Jones on the back of the leg, and was going in. And I can't remember which shark player it was, but he scooped it uh, out of the crease before it went in. That would have been of all of all the shots he could have ended his slump on. Well, and that's what what's so shocking that he's gone this many games playing with the players he's been playing that nothing has gone his way and. I, I, he'll have nightmares tonight about the one that he had. It was a wide open net. And, and regardless of how it changed the outcome of the game, when you've gone 27 games and the season has gone as poorly for the team and for yourself as it has for Milan, you're thinking, okay, eventually this nightmare has to end. And a wide open net. A wide open net. And to me, it, it's uh, he's just, there's no confidence. He's... He's voided of confidence right now, and he's clutching his stick, and he's hoping. He's just hoping. And uh, shocking that he can't put the puck into an empty net there. But just it's just one of those years that he wants to end and wipe off the blackboard and go have a good summer and forget this year even happened. Dan wins face-off trivia tonight. He knew that Ty Raddy was the current Oiler drafted second overall in the 08 WHL Bantam draft between uh, behind Ryan Nugent Hopkins. So Dan gets a $50 gift card to Buffet Royale Carvery. From Armour Insurance, protect your car, home, and business with Armour at armorinsurance.ca. 780-496-0063. We have Michael standing by. Hey, Michael. Hey guys, how's it going? Good, Michael. Good. Um, I know. I just it's more of a comment and a suggestion on your on your ideas on this. I know you guys commented a little bit of, on it when Calvin um, got fined. Um, uh, but here's the here's a question for you. Um, I think the league has a lot to do with us not making the playoffs because every time we have uh, uh, momentum or anything, we either get a call. Or going 0 and 15 on uh, on challenges. Uh, what's your thoughts on uh, for that? I, well, I don't think the league has has it out for the Oilers. I, no. I, and some of those challenges were obvious. I mean, offside is offside. I, yeah. Like I've complained about the review being a rule, but right. I, but as Rob always reminds me, they they are offside. Uh, I, I don't think there's uh, they have anything in for the Oilers. No. I, I do think it's hard. They they I do think they could call more on McDavid. 
Yep. And there are nights referees are saying, I, I can't, they don't, they're reluctant to give a team five or six power plays on the same player. I, I mean, do, I do think that's a factor. It is, it is, a, it is a fact. And I played in, in an era and I played with one of the greatest ever in Mario Lemieux. And the same thing, because he was strong on his feet and he was a big man. That he took more abuse than probably any player that's ever played in the National Hockey League. And every time he touched the puck, they could have called a penalty, but they didn't because they know there's going to be some blatant ones that they're going to call during the game. So they don't, every 50 50 or even 70 30 ones, they don't call because they would feel that they'd be calling it over and over and over again. Superstars get uh, their checked more so than any other player because you're trying to slow them down. And yes, every time Connor McDavid steps on the ice, you could probably call a penalty against the opposition. It's not going to happen. And we but, see but, that, but like you said, that happens to other, other, it, other teams. Now Edmonton watch, has one, so we notice Watch it. All you have to do is watch uh, any Pittsburgh Penguin game. The abuse that Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin take and have been for years, especially if they play against the Philadelphia Flyers in the first round. Right. Where, I mean, they get absolutely mugged every time they step on the ice. And those fans have been screaming in Pittsburgh for years. Patty Kane fans in Chicago have been screaming for years. Now we have a superstar. Brett Hall used to complain about it. Yeah. I mean, and it is. I think it is a hockey thing to to some extent. We're kind of going down a more general path here, but hockey, you know, more than any other sport. Look, toughness is part of it. You know, all pro sports. Don't get me wrong. But but hockey really has that mentality where you have to battle. You have to mm-hmm. fight through stuff. You have to take abuse. And I think other sports have modified rules to benefit offensive players. Yeah. And you know, in, in the NBA, if you're an offensive player and you're driving the net and you get a you're driving the hoop and you get a slap on the hand, foul. It's, it's probably going to be a foul. Yeah. Um, in, in the NHL, I think the expectation is fight it's through just it. the culture. Fight, fight through it unless well, you're really tackled. And now I, I could be wrong here, but I think I heard Bob talk about earlier in the season that Connor McDavid had drew the most penalties. Last year, in the National Hockey League, so he is like, again. So he still does draw penalties. He draws penalties. I think Kachuk's number one this year. It, well, yeah, because every, yeah. everyone wants to kill him. Yeah, it's a different kind of penalty he's drawing. Yeah, but, but anyway, to get back to Michael Spy, I I don't think the league you know has it in for for Edmonton. I do think there were in in those fifteen or sixteen reviews, there were some 50-50 ones that could have gone either way. Maybe five or six, and they yeah. all and they all went against the Oilers, and there was the obvious Kessler the one, yeah. holding the pad that that went against them. And uh, hey, maybe that LA one was a, a 50-50 one that I mean, you and I understood why it was goaltender interference. Kings broadcasters and fans didn't as much. Yeah, you're right. So maybe that was the 50-50 one that that the Oilers get, but I don't think there's a league-wide thing against. against no, I, I I'm pretty sure that the league would love to have the Edmonton Oilers move further and further in the playoffs so that they can show off their superstar in Connor McDavid. That's good for the NHL, the more you see Connor McDavid on any national broadcast. All right, we got to do a quick uh, midnight news. If you're on hold, we are going to get you on the show quickly on the Advantage Trailer Rentals Out of Town scoreboard. Stars shut out the Flames 2-0. Predators beat the Jets 6-5. Wild crush the Blues 8-3. Panthers over the Maple Leafs 3-2 in overtime. Devils over the Penguins 3-2. Capitals get past the Senators 3-2. Bruins beat Carolina 4-3 in overtime. And it's the LA Kings winning in Vegas. That doesn't happen a lot. Kings get a 4-1 decision in that game. Oil Kings had their hockey hooky game this afternoon. Medicine Hat winning over the Oil Kings 5-2. All right, we're back after this update. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chair. San Jose Sharks 5, Edmonton Oilers 2, Joe Pavelski 4 points tonight, McDavid and Puli Yarvi scored for Edmonton, Pontus Aberg gets an assist in his Edmonton debut our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors if it hurts, see a chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com, we'll all be positive tonight Rob, even though it's an Oilers loss 5 games in a row, the Oilers have got the first goal, that's a dramatic turnaround from uh, most of the season, where a lot of times they wouldn't just give up the first one, they'd give up the first two or three. Well, that's why they have a winning record in that that time. Um, they, they started great today. They, that was a, a, a really, really good first period that they unfortunately didn't capitalize more. They, they had 
I know that Bob talked. He thought that the Grady scoring chances were 8-2. to two. They had a fantastic chance to extend the lead to 2 nothing on the power play at the end of the first period as their number one unit stayed on for two minutes and the full two minutes was played in the offensive zone. They just couldn't get one by Jones. Jones has been very good for the San Jose Sharks of late and in the first period he kept this game close to allow the Sharks to move on in the second. Yeah, his save percentage in his previous 11 games was 9.39, so it'll stay right around that tonight as he makes uh, 24 saves on 26 shots. Sharks beating Edmonton 5-2. We have Steven on the line. Hey Steven, thanks for calling. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Okay. Um, did any Canadian te- teams win tonight? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think uh, they did. Nope. Uh, yeah, Jets no. lost. Leafs, well, Leafs got a point. Oh, well, goody for them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you just okay. cheer for the Canadian teams in general, Stephen? Sorry? Well, yeah, it's like, um, well, always the Oilers, but, uh, you know... <laughs> There hasn't been a, a team from Canada win the Cup since, uh, what, 93 or something? 93 in Montreal. Yeah. yeah. Won. Kelly Rudy yeah. uh, played for the Kings that year that lost to the Canadians. We were talking about that on Inside Sports the other night. Marty should have changed sticks. Marty McSorley shouldn't yeah. have used that illegal stick that game. Steven, you ready to finish the play? Well, I hope so. Let's give it a try. Thanks. Okay, we want to give you an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set U Park, brought to you by Jet Set Parking. Park cheap and easy. Visit JetSetParking.com. By the Edmonton Oilers. Left by Martin Jones for Bodker in the corner. Trapped by Larson. Breaking free. McDavid. Quick shot. Save. Rebound off the post. An absolute gimme for Milan Lucic. And he rung it off the iron. All right. Another tough one for Lucic. All right, Stephen. Here's your question for finish the play. Milan Lucic wears number 27. But when he played for Boston, he wore number 17. Why doesn't he wear 17 with the Oilers? Uh, that was Yari Curry's number, so that number's been retired. Steven, great job. I didn't. I asked you a hard question. I didn't make it multiple choice. Stay on the line, oh. okay, buddy? <laughs> okay. Steven gets finished the play. Quickly on that 93 uh, series, I don't, I don't bring that too, up too often with, uh, with Kelly. That was the year the Canadians won the final four games to yeah. one. Three of their wins were in overtime, and the Canadians won 10 games in overtime, and Kelly said he was over the moon optimistic after each game that was tied after regulation because he wasn't thinking, oh, here we go again. He was thinking, they're not going to keep winning in overtime. No, well, it's a lot of averages. I remember watching <laughs> sometimes that. Sometimes weird things happen. Yeah, I remember watching that series thinking the same thing. There's no way they're going to continue to th- this magical ride in the overtimes. Well, that was the one where the, the LA Kings won game one in Montreal. Dominated. And we're winning game two in Montreal and Marty McSorley got called for an illegal stick. And had they... And they score, and they tie it up, and they win it in overtime. If they go up 2-0 in Montreal, they're going home with a 2-0 lead, and they're taking uh, a very dejected Montreal Canadian teams back to L.A. That was that was the turning point. And, that, I mean, the story is that Marty McSorley was actually in the dressing room telling guys to make sure you change sticks because the Canadians will call them. And they called, of all the players that call on the team, they called Marty McSorley for the, the illegal curve. He had it. Montreal scores on the power play, and they never looked back. Do you remember who scored the tying goal and winning goal for the Canadians that night? Actually had a hat trick, had all three goals for them. Vinny Danfus. Eric Desjardins. Eric Desjardins. That, yeah. that was my 14th guest. Tony is on line one. Hey, Tony. How you guys doing tonight? Pretty good. So, freaking, well, let's, let, first of all, you know what, tonight's game, just wipe it off, you know, not a big deal. You know, if you have those games, tell it has a game, whatever. I'm probably going to be the only one who doesn't complain about this guy. But, you know what, Every there are a lot of players on this team this year that are underachieving, and it's basically just one of those ones that you just chalk up and say, you know what, next season we'll, we'll do better. Example, Lucic, he's not having a great season. He's not getting much puck luck at all. Um, my biggest thing is, you know, when you saw us play last year, we came out and we played with a lot of heart. And, you know, yeah, maybe teams underestimate, underestimated us because of how bad we were doing. And teams weren't taking us easy this year. But the thing is, is even if, you know, teams are expecting you to play good, you still come out and play good because not only are you playing for the team, but you're also playing for the fact that, you know what, you might not be on the team next year if you're playing like this. Like, I guarantee you right now, if Lucic didn't have this no no move clause or no whatever clause it is, I guarantee he'd be gone because 
yeah, he's he's a good player and everything, but Lucci, so I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if it's the fact that he has no confidence or whatever, but he is getting so unlucky, like tonight. I don't know how many times he had a, he had a chance to score, but what, like, how would you get yourself back in the mindset to, you know, be like, you know what, I'm missing this, but I'm still going to be able to come out the next game and dominate these guys? Well, that's a good question because it's been a long time. Rob, you probably never went that long, long without scoring. Uh, no. Um, I mean, he's been, like, he was frustrated after eight games. He's uh, now at 27. Well, that's what I'm saying. When he's getting on the plane tonight, like, he, he is just going to be livid at the opportunity he missed, and it, it will affect him. It, it does. Now, I don't know what he's doing right now to uh, help change uh, the way things are going for him. I know that when I did have. Uh, streaks where the, the puck didn't find the back of the net. I, you know, you spend extra time out on the ice. You take. There's always an assistant coach that'll come out with you, and you work on things where you need to be better at. You know, so I'll have. I'd have a defenseman come out there, take shots, and I'd tip for about 15 minutes, 20 minutes before practice. At the end of practice, I'd get the assistant coach. We'd hang around the blue paint, and we just little one timers in front, then trying to get the puck up over and over and over again under the bar. And then I'd have the video guy set up video of me of scoring goals over the last couple of years to try and make myself feel better about myself. All those things change the tape, way you tape your stick, anything just to do something different. If you keep going status quo, uh, it you, you just feel as though you're in this downward downward spiral that you can't get out of. If you do things, you think, okay, I did this today, it's going to change, and it's it's all in your mind because you're the same player. The, the talent just didn't run out of your hands that night. You're the exact same player. It's in your mind, and you got to get your mind thinking positive. And you can tell by his body language, there is not a positive thing going on in his mind yep. when it comes to goal scoring. Yeah, that's a good point. Sharks beat the Oilers five two. It's twelve twelve. Thanks for staying up with us. We have Troy on the line. Hey, Troy. Hey guys. Hope you're having a good night. Yep. <clears throat> um, just quickly back to what you were saying, Rob, about the stars in the league having to work harder mm-hmm. to get the calls. Yep. So can you explain to me what the point of having an NHL rule book is? <laughs> oh, I've, <laughs> I've, 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 like, uh, like, I've wondered that for years. This uh, is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. These kids have worked their lives, their whole lives, to be better than everyone else. And they are better than mm-hmm. everyone else. You played with one. You played with Lemieux, mm-hmm. right? And Crosby and McDavid and Tate or Kane or whoever else. They're insanely better than everyone else. If the rules are the rules, then why aren't they not followed? Well, I agree. And, and for years, the Oilers, every year they come in with a, a different rule here. You're going to do this this year. You can't put your stick in the, the hands. You can't do, all these rules have always been there. And they yeah, just, so they, why aren't they called? I mean, that, that, that's the point. I agree. The rules of the world, so why do they apply to some guys and not apply to the other guys? If, if you're that much better, and mm-hmm. the rules are the rules, then why does the NHL fight it so hard to have superstars in their league? Because, you know what, you're right. You could go out and you call a penalty against Lemieux or McDavid every shift. Yeah, you're right. And, and 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 why are those guys penalized for being so much better than everyone else? That's the key comment. Mm-hmm. That's that's the that's the key comment that if if a if a ref doesn't make a call on a on a, whoever it is, I don't care if it's uh Connor McDavid or Eric Griba, if you beat your guy and you have a yeah. lane to the net, yeah. the ref you know you're you then you're penalizing the guy who made the good offensive move by not calling a penalty if he's fouled. Well and it's true and the one Reed Reed talked about it earlier the the NHL is the only league of the major leagues that doesn't uh try to pump up their stars and give them a chance to to star more. I mean, in, in, in basketball and the offensive player, I mean, the, the fouls they call on basketball players, I mean, it's kind of funny sometimes. You don't see, like, half. You don't see how, okay, that, an offensive player is getting scored. Quarterbacks, the, the rules they put in for quarterbacks in the NFL, to, I mean, it's a quarterback league now because they're the sexy players on the team. Those are the ones that you want to see. You want them to get the 400-yard throwing days. And they've allowed them to do that because fans pay to see offense. 
They see to see exactly. the stars be stars. So I agree, and I've been saying this for years. I mean, and just go from the regular season to the playoffs. Why all of a sudden do the, all the rules change come playoff time? It's the same uh, players, but they... Well, no, it's not the same players. It's the same rule book. What's oh, yeah. the point of having the rule book if it's so subjective that... Well, actually, I don't know... can get thrown into the boards. I'm not sure yeah, it's subjective. I just star, but yeah, I don't think the rule book's subjective. Boarding call. I think tonight the ref just screwed up. Uh, yeah, the night was that was a mistake. <laughs> that was just an awful call. Yeah, they're right? not a call. Troy, I okay. re- really appreciated your uh, comment. That was very funny how you asked about the rule book. Thanks for calling in. All right, you guys have a great night. Take care. I just quickly uh, googled here. Mm-hmm. There have been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine seasons in the NFL where a quarterback has passed for 5,000 or more yards, mm-hmm. eight of them have happened in the last decade. Oh, yeah, because they, they, they started... They, they started... Now, hate. part of it is the philosophy of the game, too, but they also opened up but you know, they, jamming they, receivers and hitting the quarterback. And well, and they, they're, they're trying to promote their stars, and they're allowing their stars to be stars. And why do I watch football to watch Brady throw the ball or to watch, you know... Brown in Pittsburgh make an incredible catch where he's not being mugged before he has to catch the ball. That's why you go to those games. I don't want to see a 3 nothing football game. I want to see a 45-42 to 42 football game. Just like in hockey, I don't want to see a one nothing game. And I want to see a game that... I mean, Nashville and Winnipeg played tonight a 6-5 hockey game. The other night we watched the Oilers 6-5 over Anaheim. That was a great hockey game. But you got to let them play. And uh, there's a lot of nights where... Uh, the, the, the best players aren't allowed to, to be at their best because the referees have decided they're going to put their whistles away. All right, Oilers lose 5-2 tonight to the San Jose Sharks. You'll hear from Adam Larson when we get back. Gary's on the phone line. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Joe Pavelski with four points. San Jose gets four goals in the second period, knocking off the Edmonton Oilers 5-2 tonight. McDavid and Puglia Yarvi scoring for the Oilers. Pontus Aberg got an assist in his Edmonton debut. All right, we have Gary on line three. Go ahead, Gary. Uh, good evening, Rob. Thank you for taking my call. Um, yeah, uh, expressing my frustration with this game tonight, too, uh, that that came... It should have been called and telling you for sure. And I know we talked about it all, all night since uh, you guys brought it up too after the the game. And uh, uh, the other call I mentioned about the the, the officiating, uh, we beat it all to death this whole year. Frustrating with officiating, not just the order games, but other games I've watched too. I'm a big hockey fan, but officiating is going to determine the outcome sometimes of these games. I hope this doesn't come into the playoffs. I mean, I hope the league look at this in, after this uh, year and do some changes because it's frustrating at the fan, man, I tell you. Uh, the only bright side I see now with the Oilers, uh, 19, 19 games left now, play sporter. I mean, there's two teams in the, in the Pacific. I don't want to see them in the playoffs, and you probably know who I'm talking about. Um, and McDavid, well, <laughs> hope he continues his point streak and hopefully goes over 100 points. And same with uh, Dry Settle. Uh, hope these two two guys uh, at least will pinch in the top 10 and... Uh, I hope the 19 games go fast, and hopefully we can take some points away from the other teams, uh, especially in the Pacific. Yeah, thanks, Gary. Appreciate it. McDavid needs, what, now 25 and 19 to get to 100 points? I don't, I, I would put money on I him. think he's got a pretty good shot. Dreisaitl, uh, I mean, like like most of didn't have a good second period. I mean, he turned no. the puck over yep. blatantly. That led to the one goal. He had a couple of tough shifts. Had some chances. I, I mean, look, the the Oilers didn't. I mean, you can talk about definitely the, the the penalty for sure affected the game. But having said that, the Oilers had chances they didn't. Even when they were down four two, I mean, you're in kind of hope territory. But even even then, they had some chances and they they did not finish tonight. No, they they had a lot of really good scoring chances tonight. A couple open nets that they missed. A couple uh, golden golden opportunities. And it is one of those ones where the team that executed better. Uh, was the team that won the hockey game because the Oilers had all their chances in the first period, weren't able to extend their lead. San Jose Sharks, when they had their push, they did extend their lead. Yep. When they got it to a tie game, they got the 2-1 goal. Then they got the 3-1 goal. And then when they got a huge break 
on Lucic missing an open net, they right away extended the lead to three. And, and once it got to, to 4-1, the game was over, and they could sit back. They got, they're a pretty good defensive team. they got a goaltender standing on his head right now, feeling, feeling pretty confident. It was just a matter of the time running out. So uh, Oilers had opportunities to get back in this game, but it was a, it was a game that they let get away with uh, you know, poor, poor puck management through the middle 20 minutes. Let's go back to San Jose one more time. Here's Adam Larson. Good game you guys score first, but that second period, what happened in your eyes? Well, I think uh, there was a quick, quicker team that came out uh, harder than us. And, uh, I mean, I thought we, we didn't play to our full potential in the second. I mean, we're, you can see they were first in puck and all that, and they got rewarded for it. Matt Benning's a young player, but the way he responded after that hit that could have been a, a penalty for them, just a thought on his game. Uh, he's playing, playing some hard minutes uh, for being that young, and it's pretty impressive to see how he handles it. Uh, he, he's still young, he's going to do mistakes, but... I, uh, so far, I think it's been only great, even in the physical part. Having your teammate um, today, what do you do as a teammate, or especially a Swedish teammate, to help the new guy adjust as quickly as possible to the team? I think it's a good fit. You can see today, you got skills, you got speed, good shots. So he uh, brings a lot of good assets to the table, and another countryman doesn't hurt. Uh, uh, I think. We could be a comfort zone for him now in the beginning, especially to get to know his teammates a little bit better. So going to try to help him out as much as he can. That is Adam Larson. He and the Edmonton Oilers lose 5-2 to the San Jose Sharks. You can get more on 630Ched.com. The Oilers will come home and play Nashville to open up a five-game homestand on Thursday. Of course, we'll have it for you on 630Ched. Face-off show at 5.30. The game will begin at 7. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Thanks to everybody who called. Oilers' three-game win streak ends 5-2. The Sharks take it. Have a great night.